Hi, welcome everybody to Startup School's Entrepreneur on the Grow podcast. And I'm super excited to be talking to Stephen Burrow today, uh, who is from a company who, called Softer. Am I correct, Stephen? That's correct, Jared. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you uh, because you've got a fantastic startup story, and 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 it's and it's quite a you've had you've got quite a, a an experience in in the space of business, uh, not just in this relatively new uh, business that you started. So let's, let's kick right off, Stephen. Tell me, tell me about Softer. Okay, great. So thank you, first of all, for having me on, on the show, Jared. Really appreciate it. So Softer actually was conceptualized and um, brought to like a beginning by the gentleman who is my, currently my partner in the business. And his, his idea was to really, he came from a, a bit of a footwear background and he had children who particularly at school with a, with a condition known as Severs disease, Severs syndrome, mm-hmm. um, struggled with school shoes, um, comfortable school shoes. So he took it upon himself to design a shoe and kind of do everything that everybody else was not doing. So we decided to put value back into the shoe, whereas a lot of other people were stripping value out of the shoe. So really the experience was about giving people a value-packed um, product. Awesome. Uh, you, you said, you know, stripping value out of, out of the shoe. It's such an interesting um, uh, idea that, and I, and I hear a lot of um, businesses talk about, about that. What, what does it mean to strip value out? Well, I mean, I think particularly if you look at that school shoe market, I mean, it is a huge market in South Africa, one can only imagine. And um, over time, I think it happens in a lot of industries, but products that people have become used to using and used to having around, um, and have a certain expectation of it gets the space gets competitive and I think you know I've seen this in a number of industries I've been involved in slowly but surely people start to remove the things that people took for granted in shoes so um, in, a, in a shoe for instance a school shoe we would have shoes where there's no longer a fabric lining in the, in the shoe um, what we call cambrel so Mm. That really has a lot to do with comfort of the in, inside of the shoe. And obviously, it deals a lot with, uh, you know, sort of sweat absorption and allowing the, the foot not to build up sweat. Um, mm. we, we see people using an increasing amount of um, recycled PVC in their soles, which means that you are really limited to the hardness of the sole. Yes. We see um, people eventually, actually, we've moved, the industry's moved almost exclusively away from from pure full grain leather just because of the cost and the availability but it moved away from even you know sort of uh, um, tech tan leather uh, yeah. it moved out to synthetics and to the point where there was literally no leather in the shoes um, you didn't have to polish the shoe all these things mean that it gets cheaper and cheaper to produce the shoe but the shoe wasn't necessarily giving that performance back to what the consumer was used to and the price points weren't changing too much. And yeah. so inherently what happens is you get people that are buying a shoe expecting A, but actually getting B. Yeah. Um, but I think the problem is people have just kind of gotten used to that. And the, the, the brands, whether it's in the shoe space or the food space, whatever it is, the brands are just so entrenched that, you know, people don't really recognize it. It's almost, it's almost like it's, you know, happening in plain sight, but no one sees it. 
Fascinating. Yeah. And I, I suppose it also, what it seems to be, uh, you know, representing that kind of throwaway culture a little bit more, you know, so yeah. this product is getting you know, less and less in terms of quality. So it's life is, is shorter and shorter. It's kind of just True. replace, 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 as opposed to kind of a longer, longer game, which yeah. we're hoping people are starting to see that that's important um, now. Is, is that something you guys were thinking about when it came to, to, to this product? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's an element of, of, you know, throwaway in, in the school shoe because kids' feet are just growing so quickly that if yeah. you get more than a year out of them, you, you really are lucky. But one, one thing that wasn't changing is that children spend an enormous amount of time on their feet at school. And a lot of children are still walking a long way to school every day and spend a lot yeah. of time in their shoes. There's kids that are even playing some of their sport in their school shoes. And we just felt that if this was the case, you know, we kind of had a responsibility and an opportunity to create a product that was going to be something that a child would want to wear um, and that a child would, would really take care of because um, it was just comfortable. It was just the kind of shoe that you'd want to put on your foot and that you'd want to play soccer in, you know. Um, and so that was really our thinking that we, we understood that the shoes were probably not going to go more than a year, year and a half, depending on how the child's foot was growing. But if the foot was still within parameters, the shoe should be able to last and the shoe should hold. Amazing. Okay, cool. So now I'm pretty excited about the, this product, but uh, what I want to know a little bit more about is where are you guys at? What's, what's happening? Are you, uh, how far down the line are, are we with, with, your, with your product? Where are you in South Africa? Okay, so we initially, my, um, the, the first portion was, was a, around two and a half thousand pairs that were made with in-house capital. So it was it was our own money. Um, my partner sunk a lot of his um, some own, his own investment into it, and we sat with his shoes and we had boxes and we had a we had a design and we had packaging and we had a website. We had all these things, but we were really we were quite uh, struggling quite a bit to bring it to market. Um, we had approached a few outfitters. But obviously, there's such a strong brand loyalty towards certain brands in this country that we mm. our success was limited. We had success; it was good. People really enjoyed the product. I um, I wrote in and joined startup school last year. I did a, um, one of your courses last year, and um, I decided that I was going to use software as sort of the pitch, the, the backbone on which to build all the assignments across all the twelve weeks, and simply because the business was quite new. We didn't have all of these things in place. You know, we had to come up with a marketing plan and come up with a business plan and come up with a strategy. And it was really fascinating because we got to really intentionally build a business. Um, we then submitted for business funding at the end of the, of the 12-week period. And um, we, we were fortunate enough to initially come top 10 and ultimately became second overall in, in the business funding competition, which was which was really both a blessing and a curse. I mean, it was a curse <laughs> in the sense that we didn't win the money. But I mean, yeah. you know, the, 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 the guy who won the money was probably far more in need of the, of the prize money. But where the, the good part came, where the blessing came in, is that we were given an amazing opportunity. Um, so, as you know, well, Stuart Cohen is, was the founder of Startup School and, and he's still one of the judges in the competition. So, he obviously saw something in the footwear and in the business model and in the whole plan that we presented that resonated with him. And um, 
he offered us the opportunity to meet up with with Mr. Price um, with the apparel team and mm-hmm. um, see if there was space in the portfolio because the the back to school portfolio was extremely new for Mr. Price. It only had one back to school and it had been a pretty tainted back to school with COVID. Yes. So it was really just a case of saying, well, let's meet, let's see if there's an appetite, let's see if there's common ground and then we'll see what happens. And, you know, um, they were amazing. They made contact with us before I even had a chance to think twice. Mm-hmm. We, um, we flew down to, to Durban. We met with the director of marketing and apparel, uh, sorry, the, the director of apparel and uh, his team. We presented the product. They loved it. And the ball got rolling. And, um, let me tell you something, um, to be a small business that is selling a couple of hundred pairs of shoes here and there um, to independent people and then working with this national retail giant is yeah. a real eye opener. I mean, I could have done a, a BCom just in that. But <laughs> anyway, we were fortunate enough. We, we managed to tick all the boxes. We got through some fairly substantial and trying times. Um, we delivered our first order to Mr. Price in December. And the product was on shelves um, in time for back to school. Um, they're currently running back to school in only 100 of their stores. Um, that's just because of the business model. They're still very much testing watering. And so we, we had representation in, in 100 stores in their selected flagship stores around the country. So we kind of went that's overnight from selling 100 pairs to having sold a couple of thousand pairs. Um, um, yeah, so like really rapidly, you know, so that really was an amazing opportunity to be fair. And how, how I mean, you said you were some, some serious uh, steep learning occurs in, in, in saying, you know, you're a small operation, two guys, and now suddenly you're working with a national retailer. What yeah. would you say if you were to give some advice to other guys who are in a similar situation where they're going from really, you know, tiny to, to now engaging with a, with a, a massive business, you know, with, with a, with a runway that's, you know, you can't even see the end of, what would you say the, the, yeah, the, sure. the most important lesson that you learned there? Um, one of the things that we saw very early on is that we were going to just have to build relationship with as many people as possible. So we asked, I asked for an, uh, sort of an organogram of all the people that would be involved in the process and what roles they thought could be. We try to reach out to as many of those people as possible, um, sometimes by intention, sometimes by accident. Um, we asked a hell of a lot of questions. I mean, we, you know, we, there were processes involved that we really hadn't um, been aware of and um, didn't fully understand, but we asked a lot of questions. Um, they were incredibly supportive of us and said, look, you're small, you're new, you're young. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a bumpy road, but please ask as many questions. We are available to help. And they really were. I mean, we found the vast majority of people we dealt with were extremely engaging with us and um, were very responsive. You know, when we asked questions, we got answers. And um, I think building relationship and communicating was was key for us. You know, we, we showed face. We were there. We were present. We, you know, we responded quickly on emails we yeah we were just very thorough on that on that um regard because we we didn't know really what we were doing i mean the onboarding process is is substantial i mean it's a it's a military exercise for us you know Mm. coming from a small background so 
it was really exciting. So I would say those two things were key, build relationship and, and good relationship and then um, communicate. Oh, that's great advice. And I think it, I, I, what I really like about what you, you say is, is, is that I, I wish more of us would, would take to heart in the entrepreneurship space is that big businesses often seem sort of as quite formidable and almost un, yeah. impenetrable and unapproachable. But in many ways, some of those really big businesses, for example, and Mr. Price's, are like that because they are able to work with with different people, the diversity of 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 of, business, of all the businesses. So, kind of before we make an assumption that they're impenetrable and and um, you know that you can't access them, rather take the approach. And I think that's yeah. why it was so amazing to say, let's build this relationship, let's communicate, let's let's solidify something that that can work, um, and see what help we can get. And I also love what you said about asking questions. I think. But too many of us who think we need to have all the answers, and actually, we those are not the. That's not important. What we need to know is that we can ask the questions and ask them in, in the right way. So, thanks, Stephen. That I think that's great advice for, all, for anybody listening. Now, you had this December. You sold. You know, it's gone from hundreds to thousands. What's kind of the next uh, the next bit for you? What What do you see in the in the sort of medium term? So I think, you know, obviously getting this, the product to Mr. Price is one thing. The product obviously has to sell out in store. And it's quite daunting because you have very little control over it. Um, yeah. You know, you've got, I was physically in a store and I watched uh, dad and his son walk up to the display and he picked up what he's always picked up, the other pair. And I just said out of interest, why are you choosing that pair? And he said, well, I've always worn it. So I yeah. said to him, just try these on to see what, you know, maybe you feel differently about it. And so he tried ours on and I mean, he loved them. They were super comfortable mm -hmm. and he was, and they were, you know, well, better priced. And um, it seemed like that was the decision made. He walked off to the queue and he came back and picked up the other pair again. And it's this default setting we have of to just always do what you've always done. Yeah. So the sellout's really been um, a challenge because our only way of influencing it is, on social media, you know, through our LinkedIn platform, our Instagram and Facebook. And we've just punted the fact that, you know, um, through through Mr. Price, you can get hold of our, our shoes at Mr. Price, but also at independent outfitters. And we're very fortunate. We've got a, a fairly large network of, um, of people that we connected to and they've reposted and liked and shared. And it's given us a really big sort of um, visibility. And a, a pretty loyal following. I mean, rapid, very rapidly, it's not uncommon for us to get sort of, you know, 15,000 shares on a post. It's unbelievable. Um, so what we also did was we, we went one step further, Jared. We, we aligned ourselves with, um, with really a, a brand ambassador. And okay. we also aligned ourselves with some charities that we could do some work with. So... Out of the original two and a half thousand pairs of shoes that we produced, we sold a large portion of those off. But we didn't. We 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 did some changes to the product for, specifically for Mr. Price, in terms of um, a better fit. And so these original pairs, we we wanted to move them quickly so we could replenish those with with the sort of updated product. So we've um, we've aligned ourselves with. The, Cotlands, we've made a contribution to Cotlands for their guys graduating to grade one. We've um, aligned ourselves with uh, the Markfish Foundation. Um, 
so Mark is, is a guy that I've known for probably most of my life from school days. And, um, you know, he's got tremendous um, character and charisma and these soccer clinics in underprivileged areas. And so we made an allocation of shoes to him and we connected right. with him. And I think all these sort of connections and, and sort of getting to talk to people about not just about the shoes that were comfortable, but that, but that, you know, there are businesses out there and people out there that actually want to help sort of make a difference where possible. Um, so that's, that's really helped. So I see an uptake in our independence business over this back to school period. I mean, we've got our volumes through the independent sort of channel has really uh, grown significantly. That's fantastic. And, and obviously we have to hope now that, uh, the sellout out of Mr. Price, because the, the thing is, I think there's a break even, you know, of a number of pairs sold before they do a replenishment order. And that's key. The yeah. independence, I can have elements of control over. I can visit them. They've got one or two branches. It's no problem. Mr. Price is very difficult, but we've made a real effort to, to connect with people in store as well. So I've connected with about four stores in Pretoria. And I've got one manager of one of the Mr. Price stores who I sat and had a discussion with. She sent me photographs from Mr. Price in two regional malls where she lives uh, of the sellout that's happening there. I mean, she didn't have to do that, you know, but yeah, that's she's excited about the product and she's talked to the manager about the product. And my partner's visited about six stores in Joburg. We're in and around Joburg. Um, we've kind of been a bit cheeky almost in helping with some merchandising and getting the product sorted out on the shelves and on the hooks. And, you know, I, I think sometimes you, if you leave fate to, to chance, uh, you know, you're going to get what you get, but we really have been very proactive in, in engaging with these people as many as possible in store. And what we've done then is we've taken photographs of the product on the show and put some feedback from the manager and sent that via WhatsApp to our contact uh, in the buying department and just said, this is where we've been. This is what we've done then. And they, I think it's really given them the impression and, and understanding that we're not just waiting for something to happen. You know, we invested in this. We want it to work. Um, and, yeah, we, we're excited about it. I mean, we've, we've got some plans to do some joint marketing with them. And we really want to show both our customer uh, and our end users that there are people who are, who are different, you know, that that much more hands-on, much more responsive. We're already working on some product development to make the shoes even better, you know, um, out of feedback that we've gotten. And yeah, so, I mean, it never really stops. I mean, that's no, one thing about yeah. this entrepreneurial thing. It never <laughs> stops, you know. Yeah, I can't. Eh? And I think, you know, just listening to you, just the, the passion that you have for it is, is it, it's inspiring and it's also, it's absolutely necessary. And I love what you said, you know, you can't just, leave something you know kind of put something out there and sort of hope and pray that it's going to going to do something and so being engaged and hands-on and, and pushing this thing is is exactly what you need to do and and uh, yeah i'm super super impressed that you are doing that and i think it's great that the partnership with with mr price is is allowing for that but i also wanted to compliment you on the on the fact that you are also selling to an independent um independent stores it's yeah. you know not putting all your eggs in, in, in one basket and yeah. and that's that i think is a lesson also for many entrepreneurs who who see the big you know the, the mr prices of the world and think okay well we we kind of in there let's yes. let's just let's just hope and pray that that's going to be 
everything, you know, and, and, and so it's very smart and, and, and really inspirational to hear you talking about it, there being more than one yeah. uh, place you're playing. So, so well done. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask you is, is, you know, this is a, this is an incredible story from in terms of, of, of pace, you know, this, this from when you did the, the, the 12 week program last year to, you know, put, putting product into, into big retail, is, you know, it's, it's less than a year. Um, and I, yes, I realized yes. that your, your history, you know, is, it's not that you woke up the beginning of last year and said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and we're going to make, make this happen. That, you know, you, your life experience gathers together to, to, to put you in a place like this. But this short sort of time that you, you, you've managed to get, you know, get going, um, what do you think the, what, what would you say is, is it has been the, the reason for that, that kind of condensed time that you've been able to go from ideation to 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 some yeah. kind of success i mean i know there's a long road ahead and there's lots you still still want to need to do but what was yeah. the the thing that got you there now so quickly it's a great question i mean one of the things i learned at the start of school was the entrepreneur you know and one of the things we had realized is we'd probably been for 20, 25 years, entrepreneurs. You know, we've been learning these lessons inside of other people's businesses. Yes. Um, and this seems on the surface to be like a sort of an overnight success. But I mean, there's two things that are important there. One, that certainly wasn't overnight. And secondly, you know, the definition of a success is if we can keep doing this and we're still doing this and better in a couple of years' time. Mm. Um, so I think for us, you know, very often we, you sit and wonder about, you know, when is it, when is it going to happen? You know, you feel this yearning to do something different. You feel this, this desire to, to, that you, there's something that you're supposed to be doing with your life. But, you know, the, the trappings of a job um, and all of that brings with it are, are quite um, enslaving, actually, because while you've got all those things, you're never going to make the change. It's, it's just that way. Yeah. And, and for me anyway, and um, it's almost as if at this point in my life, you know, I wasn't going to take the chance because, you know, you've got security. And then, you know, sort of November 2020, you know, I was retrenched. And yeah. that's a case of not having a chance or an opportunity to make your own decision. It kind of gets made for you. Yeah. And so it really was a case of saying, okay, that's it. The safety net's gone. Now is the time. We have to do something. You know, I've got, I've got kids. I had, you know, I've got a wife. I've got family. I've got, you know, commitments to meet. How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And how, how long is it going to take? And so sort of all these years of preparation and learning and um, exposure and travel and meetings with people and so on, um, all of this sort of preparing you for this moment, you know, so... Um, I think that was the one thing. The second thing, I, you know, that was really important to me is that you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to keep your connections. You've got to keep your relationships. Um, you've got to network with people because you never know when those people are going to be sort of part of your network again in another shape or form. Yeah. Um, you know, consistency was something that we'd learned in, in our both of us in previous roles, you know, do something well and do it 
frequently and do it often and, and be dependable, be reliable. People must know that like clockwork, you're going to show up and you, you, you're going to, you're going to have something to offer. Um, I think also don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. I mean, prior to, to this really kicking off, you know, and, and not having a job, you really find yourself doing anything you can get your hands on to earn money. And, you know, that's the difference, you know, don't, I was never too proud to, to decan sanitizer and, you know, resell three plow masks and, you know, everybody was doing, but you do what you need to do, you know? So, um, that was important. And then simple things like aligning yourself with, with positive people, you know, and surrounding them because it's so easy, especially through COVID, everyone was, you've got to find a job now. And it's, you know, in the same breath, they were also saying how impossible it was to find a job during COVID. So yeah. I kind of accepted that I wasn't going to find a job and, and not because I was being cynical, but to be honest, I, I knew this was my opportunity. And so somebody suggested that I get involved with startup school and do this course because it changed her outlook on the way she did her business. And, and so I did just that, you know, and, and, you never know where your opportunities are going to come from. And we didn't know either. Uh, and when the opportunity comes, I think that's the key. That's the moment. You've got to be able to recognize that this is an opportunity. And then you have to run with it. And you absolutely have to knock it out the park as far as possible. And, and that's really, I think, what we did. You know, we, when we got the call, the, the, the call from, from Stuart saying, we'd like to see you, we... We pursued that. When they reached out to us and told us to come to Durban, we pursued that. When they told us to drop off samples for um, fit samples and pre-production samples and do the factory audits and all this, we, we did that. You know, we did everything and more, you know, that we needed to do. And I think I just I just knew in my heart and, and my partner did as well that this is what we've been working all our lives for. This was, you know, everyone always says, is my ship going to come in? And yeah. you know, it had always been a canoe or a rubber dinghy, you know? <laughs> but this was now like potentially the cruise line, you know, and we knew this and we knew that if we didn't do it properly, it was gone. And yeah. to be fair, we, it, it's, it's not the kind of thing that's fully docked yet, you know, because we have to deliver still, we have to still keep delivering yeah. and, and that never changes. You know, we, we certainly not get, not complacent. We haven't, felt that way ever you know we've been very intentional about what the next steps are and meeting and following up but following up and that's it i think you just know that you know there's no way in the world that all these things could have just come to this point and delivered to this point and you can't grab a hold of it because if you don't it's gone and yeah. you know i don't know when the next one comes in so i really just think that that you don't know where the opportunities are going to come from. So don't, don't dis discount small opportunities and don't be so busy looking for the small opportunities either that you miss the potential big opportunity. And, and I think this is why it's good to have uh, partners and positive people around you because they hold you accountable and they, they keep you awake and alert, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, just, just be awake to the opportunity because it's all around us. I mean, it really is. Fantastic, Stephen. Thank you so much. I, I, you know, you said, you know, this November, 2020, if you, if you think back to, to that time, and I know that we're still in the, in the thick of things, 
yeah. there are many, many South Africans who were, were or are in similar situations. And, and I really think your story about, you know, just looking carefully for that opportunity, taking the, the challenge on, knowing that in the face of adversity, there's, there's, there is an opportunity opportunity there there is it's a challenge it's 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 scary but let's take this this wealth of experience and knowledge and this feeling i have inside to do something and and let's manifest it and make it make it work so it's really inspirational Stephen, and i'm so excited about where where software is going um i have no doubt that it's going to be a great success um i know that the next few years are are going to be a huge challenge, but from the sounds of things, you you know the kind of person who's going to enjoy every every step of that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're very excited to to hear more about more about it as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, congratulations and and all Thanks the best for, for the rest of the year. Before we end off today, what what I would like to do is just ask you to let us know the people listening where we can go and perhaps see your, see, see your product or, or, you know, hear more about you and, 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 and um, what you, is you doing? So maybe your LinkedIn, you are on LinkedIn, I believe. We are. Yeah. So, so first of all, just, you know, thanks to startup school, because I think startup school is doing exactly for, for South Africa, what we need to have right now. We need more people who kind of take that, that leap and, you, you know, I think the, the, the vision behind it was always to try and employ more people as well and get more people gainfully employed. So, you know, thank you for the exposure and the opportunity, but also, you know, the continued le- learning environment as well. So our, our website is, is softer.co.za. Our Facebook handle is at softershoes, S-A. Our, our Instagram is softer underscore S-A. And then LinkedIn is softer and comfort for your soul. Brilliant. Now, what I'll do, uh, Stephen, is I'll, I'll make sure I put all of those um, uh, handles underneath uh, in the, the caption of this podcast so that people can can also get it. Um, but yeah, I just just thank you so much, Stephen. And I hope that there are many um, people out there who, who can take inspiration from you. Um, and I know because you are on LinkedIn that, that people can reach out to you if they want, want to chat. And I think it, uh, it's important and i think you're very open to it and we've already seen that you know to connect with other entrepreneurs to to learn from one another so if you are listening out there and you want to get hold of steven definitely reach out to him via linkedin or if you want to get hold of of us and we can connect you uh let us know and we can we can help set that up but yeah thank you so much steven and and as i say all of the very best thanks a million jared for your time really appreciate it